Welcome to Pentecost Today USA's podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mancini, and with me as always is Executive Director Alicia Hardo. Alicia, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. And Steve, we are so excited to be back with our listeners, those who are viewing, and have two very special guests with us today. Before we introduce them, we want to share our quote from the Doctrinal Commission on Baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is uh, produced by Icarus, now Karis. You can find it on our website, but we really, every single episode, we want to take a deep dive into this pastoral and theological document, and we're just going to share briefly a quote. So here it is. From the beginning of the charismatic renewal, baptism in the Spirit has been experienced as a sovereign gift of God, not dependent on any human merit or activity, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, too, arose as an unexpected grace, surprise of the Spirit, unplanned and without formulated goals or programs. The renewal does not have an identifiable founder, founder figure, although many of the communities arose within it do have founders. The founder of the renewal is the Holy Spirit. Powerful stuff. And again, we, in our last episode, talked a little bit about that and its kind of history and, and the relevance of it. Is that I've begun studying that. It's, there's a lot, those little sentences unpack a lot when you really, when you dig into those, there's a lot going on there. And the whole purpose of the podcast isn't just to introduce an organization. It's meant to introduce a, for a lack of a better, you know, phrase, a, a a mission, a purpose, a, mm. uh, an entire, you know, to wake you up and get you up and, and out moving and saying, well, there's something bigger here or something going on. And, you know, what, and it's also what I like about it is it's, while, you know, it's, they say Catholic, but it, but it's really Christian because I've noticed there's a lot of the, the movements that are out there are, you know, they're, they're interdenominational. It's the, the common theme is, you know, they're Christian groups, you know, they believe in perpetrating the, um, you know, the mission of Jesus to go out, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the holy name of, you know, the Father, the Holy, and the holy Spirit. You know, the more we keep diving into that, it's, you know, we're bringing these guests on from all over the world that are making an impact. They're doing this. They're taking that message and they're going out in the world and they're doing exactly that. They're making disciples. Yeah, you know, I think there's, um, there's an invitation that we want to share with everyone who's listening in. And it, it might be a small part, it might be something more, but as we took hold of our mission, which is to bring baptism in the Holy Spirit to the whole church, there's been a lot of prayer and listening. That was our first step. And one of the ways we listened was by, by sending out a survey. So it's a national survey that went out not only to renewal leaders, but to everyone in the nation. Those who responded were clergy, religious, lay faithful. And when they responded, one of the absolute top responses was, we need to engage the clergy. We need to engage clergy involvement. We need to refocus on baptism in the Holy Spirit, and we need regular and accessible prayer meetings. There's so much more that came through that survey, but even as we prayed with all of the, the vision for how the Lord was inviting us to bring baptism in the Holy Spirit to the whole church, what ultimately the Lord has given us vision for is to to pray for a new and ongoing Pentecost. And the way that we're doing that is, is maybe similar to that prayer of Blessed Elena Guerra when the church was at the height of division and corruption and into that moment, she asked Pope Leo XIII to pray for a new and ongoing Pentecost. And so 
Today, we're gonna to be sharing with you about a nine-year novena leading up to the 2000th anniversary of Pentecost. And the vision for it is so expansive, praying for a new and ongoing Pentecost in the renewal, in the church, in the world. But we know that from the very beginning of the church, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we enter into that work through prayer and action. And so we wanna introduce today two very special guests who are going to share with us some of the ways the Holy Spirit is already fulfilling that mission. And so, Joseph and Francesca, we are humbled to have you here all the way from Uganda. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We want to hear more about you, but before we do, if you can open our time with our guest in prayer, Joseph, that would be wonderful. Thank you, Elisa. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Father, we give thanks to you for the gift of life. We give thanks to you for the gift of one another. We give thanks to you for this wonderful university that has given us chance to share our sentiments with everyone. We give thanks to you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, uh, from whom salvation comes from. We, we give thanks to you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We invite him now to take over this sharing and ignite a profound love of the Father and the Son in our hearts and to open us to, to receive every grace that comes from heaven. We pray, pray for special blessings upon this studio upon the staff of the Communication School of Media, upon the Holy University. We pray for special blessings on United States of America, that God will bless this nation, that it will continue to champion the world and create so much good unity, and above all, lead people to God, the Creator. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Joseph, I want to thank you for that prayer, especially in this day and age when a, a lot of us look at the country and, you know, we say, where are we going? You know, and it's not just America. It's all over the world where, where people are, and I hate to say it like this, but there's, we're going more and more into two camps, the believers and the non-believers, and it's becoming very clear that, there are people that the idea that martyrdom is over is simply not true. There are still people to this day that attack the church, and there are people that absolutely reject the church. The baptism of the Holy Spirit could not be more needed, I think, because history does have a tendency to repeat itself. And I think if we're not careful, too many people are going to reject God, and then the believers become what? They, they're going to, there's not going to end well because it never has in the past. Mm -hmm. So your prayers are very appreciated. And with that being said, I kind of want to start and ask both of you this question is, obviously you've dedicated your lives to this. You, you believe, and you know, there's always an impactful moment or, or maybe it's a multiple moments that change you. So I want to start with you, Francesca, and I want to talk about the impact, you know, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and how has that impacted you? Like, tell us your story. Thank you so much, Stephen. I'm, um, I'm very grateful for this time that um, I'll be able to share my personal experience in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, before I was touched by the Holy Spirit, I was just uh, 
uh, a nominal Christian, a church goer. Uh, I would go to church when I want, and when I don't want, I don't, I don't have to. I did not really know the the word of God. The Bible was not uh, part of my life. It was like any other book, or an, and I didn't know much about it actually. I didn't know so much about that personal relationship with the Lord. But once I received the Holy Spirit in my life, that changed my life. I started looking at my life from a different angle. I began to love the Word of God, and I began to love prayer. And I felt, ah, this is a new way of life. And the whole of, um, you know, my life changed. I no longer did the things the way I used to do in the past. I began to see things. This is good for me. This is bad for me. But before, it didn't matter in my life. Whatever would happen, it didn't matter. What mattered is that life has to go on. But once the Holy Spirit came, you know, it gave me meaning in my life. I came to to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, and my life is never the same. Mm. Did you did you pray for that experience, or was it just something that happened? N- no, I like there's um uh, it's a long story. Huh. Like my 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 when I grew up. Our father died when we were still young. So when my father died, the, 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 the whole story about it is not a good story, you know. So then after the death of my father, I felt there was something missing in my life. I missed the father. And um, I would always go to my corner, my little corner, and be miserable girl there. So one time my friend came and found me seated crying. And she was called Helen. She said, Francesca, what is happening? So I narrated her that's how much I feel bad when other people say daddy, and for me, I don't have a daddy. So she told me, but have you ever heard of this? Um, There's a group called the Charismatic Group. They pray. And by then, I was in the nurses training school college. Uh, do you mind going there? I said, well, I wouldn't mind. When it comes to prayer, I think. So I went with her into that prayer. And I remember that night, I, you know, I felt, I think this is where I belong. I just felt I'd arrived. I'd arrived home. So as we continued and I continued going, then definitely I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, that put me on fire, really. And it changed the whole understanding of my life, this miserable child, to a child who has a father, a heavenly father, Mm -hmm. who loves her so much. So then I fell in love with the Holy Spirit. So each time when I say, come Holy Spirit, 
in whatever situation I was, you know, I felt relieved. So that is how I came to, to know how powerful the Holy Spirit and he has done a lot in my life. And, you know, and for the people that are listening, if you don't think a simple question can change someone's life, here's proof. Someone just said, have you ever heard of this? And you you went mm. to an event and your entire life has changed. And that's correct. And we're going to talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit conference coming up. But that's the whole point is to get people to go out and ask that question. Have you yes. ever heard of this and change their life? Mm. Joseph, I'd like to ask you, what was, has your experience been? Thank you so much, Steve. My experience is not very different uh, from Francesca. The Catholic Charismatic Renewal was brought into the, into Uganda by an American priest. By the way, I, that's why I'm very, when I was praying for this country, I was intentional. Because this nation, God has used it to be a blessing for the whole world, not just mm-hmm. uh, for me as a person. Uh, we used to have uh, Christianity was brought to Africa by missionaries. The western part of Uganda was taken care of by missionaries who majorly came from the U.S. And one of the priests uh, who brought the renewal had come from Uganda to the United States for holidays, and a sister apparently but, um, also asking, Father, have you heard of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal? I said, what is that? That was 1973. The renewal was still new. And I say, well, could we go to the prayer group in Notre Dame University at that time? And the priest said, well, I'm not interested, but maybe just to give you company. So that giving sister company became a very major event in his life. He, like Francesca, was also touched. His name was Roger Labonte. He has passed on uh, two years ago here in the U.S., but he served Uganda for many, many years. So when he came, he brought his experience uh, to a a small group uh, of religious nuns, and when he prayed for the outpouring of the... He gave a teaching on the Holy Spirit and prayed for them for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was so generous. around those nuns and the transformation started from there Uh, and of course in those days uh, renewal was very new and it was not understood by the hierarchy and by the bishop someone went to the bishop and said a priest has come from the u.s and brought some new religion pentecostalism into the church so the bishop um, uh, was not so happy so he asked the priest to to leave the diocese and he came back to the U.S. for some time. But, of course, the bishop forgot to transfer the Holy Spirit. So it <laughs> Joseph, so, okay, so this is, if we can pause here for just a moment. So if you can share with us, some people have bishops and pastors who are incredibly open and receptive to the Catholic charismatic renewal, but some don't. And so I'm curious for you to share with us, why was it, that there wasn't an openness. What was happening at that time at the beginning of the renewal in Uganda? I, I think the major part was ignorance. People did not know what the charismatic renewal uh, was mm-hmm. all about in the Catholic context. Okay. Uh, at that time, we had so many Pentecostal churches. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say that perhaps in the US it is different. In Africa, there is a big rift between the Pentecostals um, and the Catholics, uh, there is no mixture. So 
often Catholics would react uh, negatively towards the Pentecostals. The Pentecostals also would love to send a few Catholics to hell because they believe in Mary and the Pope. And, and so, so the bishop went, because charismatic prayer and speaking in tongues and charismatic gifts was all strange. People were not used to that. And they felt, oh, this is similar with the Pentecostal. So I guess this priest is bringing Pentecostalism into the Catholic Church. And we better arrest it before uh, it continues. So in the beginning, quite a number of priests were allergic to, to the renewal because of this fear mm -hmm. that the, this would take people from the Catholic identity, the traditional Catholic faith. It would, it would be tremendous to hear more of what was happening in the response of those who had received, whether it was the religious that you mentioned or the priests who were working with the people and even the lay faithful, what was the experience and, and what was the response that the Lord led those, those who first received into? Uh, as you, you see, like I would normally say, God is interesting, interesting in a way that he is God. He does things sometimes the way we don't expect. Ideally, would have asked, would have expected the charismatic renewal God to begin the charismatic renewal from the Pope downwards to the lay people. Then it is much easier for us. But in this case, it starts with the university students, uh, young university students, and now and challenging the young university students to push that experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit to the priests, to the bishops, to, to Rome, to the Pope. And that's a hard task uh, to convince. So I think that was where the challenge was. And the priests are saying, lay people, who are, who are they? You have no theological background or you have not studied philosophy. And you are teaching us that we should be open to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You are praying in tongues. I've been in the seminary for eight years. I don't pray in tongues. And who are you uh, uh, claiming to pray in tongues and praying for mm -hmm. healing and deliverance for people? So that was the challenge that brought from the perspective of the church leaders uh, a certain kind of resistance. But from the lay faithful, okay, by seven, 1973, there was only that one prayer group. When the priest was um, sent away, another priest, a missionary, again, was a, a professor in the major seminary from Belgium, had exposure to the renewal through Cardinal Leon Joseph Sunens and Ralph Martin and I think Steve Clark. They had started a work of ministry in Belgium in those days. And when he came to Uganda to the seminary, knowing what the bishop had done to the, his brother, he didn't want to call it charismatic renewal. He just said shared prayer. But even that shared prayer, the Holy Spirit would touch the students. So now, uh, leave the sisters alone. Now you are dealing with seminarians and the, and the staff. So for us, as lay people, one of us, when we heard that there was something about a cold charismatic renewal, one of us traveled 400 miles to the seminary to meet this priest and say, tell us about this new experience. The priest says, I don't have much time, I don't know much, but let me pray for you. He prayed for him, and the Holy Spirit, boom, came upon that layman. Uh, his name was, my namesake was Eric Okirot. And he was virtually transformed. He started speaking in tongues in the office of the priest. He was he overwhelmed with joy. So he came back 
with the, by train uh, many many miles and composing songs now he's a great composer uh, singing songs led by the holy spirit is the one now after uh, who, who brought it started a small prayer group in our village 400 miles from the other exp uh, extreme then they lay we now the lay boys were very young uh like the you know, <laughs> i was 18 by then in 1979 when i joined the renewal and many others of my colleagues were around that age and the same fire god was very generous at that time we i went to the prayer meeting reluctantly actually there was a girlfriend i was interested in who said can you escort me to the prayer meeting he said I said, no, what's the, how can, can, the two cannot match to go and pray and to have a wrong relationship. Doesn't, that's a wrong place altogether. I said, let's just go and see. So I went, not expecting anything, but when the teachings were expounded, I remember very well the teaching on was taken from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Give your lives to God as a living sacrifice, holy and worthy. Um, uh, of of him and and he challenged us to, as young people to surrender ourselves wholeheartedly mm -hmm. and if we did god would then give us the outpouring of the holy spirit that will help transform our lives so when he asked those who want to give their lives to jesus everyone went to for prayers me i refused because i said this, i knew this would spoil our plan altogether but little did i know that the holy spirit would reach me from my refusal corner back there and still i was filled with the holy spirit i went back home filled with joy again like the other experience of my friend i was also singing all night through and my mother was worried that i'd gone lost my mind <laughs> and wanted to take me to hospital as i see a psychological doctor but so i said i'm okay so from then my life like francesca also got transformed we were very miles af, uh, away. Uh, she's 60 miles away from where I stay. But we had an identical experience. F from day one, my love for the Lord. My, I used to pray three times a year. On Christmas, on Easter, and when the, the bishop comes. Or when I want to go and meet a girlfriend in the church. <laughs> uh, then I would go. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, I, I would. <laughs> I so from that day... Uh, wrong, the Holy Spirit convicted me, and our wrong relationship, relationship with God stopped instantly. And, and the Lord gave me the grace to, to grow in chastity and, and holiness and to wait. Mm -hmm. uh, between that time and, and the time I met Francesca, it was 16 years. And I was able, by the grace of God, not by my power, uh, to, to wait upon the right person to, to, to marry. And the other thing that happened was the love for Scripture and the love for the church. From that day, 1979, to this day, I don't remember any time I missed going to Sunday for, for prayers, unless I was sick or traveling. Uh, there, there's always that urge yes. to be there and to serve the church, mm -hmm. and that's why I have never done anything else except to serve God, to serve the church uh, full-time, and I've seen remarkable uh, things along the those 40 three years of God's work uh, in my life and also through others. Now, the, the funny thing you said that is this desire 
to go to church. And a lot of people, they see it as, I got to go to church. I have to go once a week, check, or I go Easter and Christmas. It's so amazing when you talk to folks that are really, you know, filled with the Spirit, and they can't wait to get into that building. They can't wait to see that Eucharist. And it tells me that there is a clear line between people of, uh, and I'm not being judgmental, but there's a clear line between people that are truly filled with the Spirit and faith and those that are almost going out of, we, we call it the term Catholic guilt. I have to go, I, you know, so I'll, I'll go to church, and I, and I run you over leaving the parking lot, but you know, I, I check, I went to church. So it's, it's always interesting to hear people that talk about, I can't wait to go to church, I want to go to Eucharistic Adoration, you know, I want to be in that building, I want to sing, I want to pray. I, I always love that. And with that being said, you know, how is the Lord working through the charismatic Catholic renewal now in Uganda? What's changing now? Ted, Francesca, you look like you want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there are so many things that are changing and, uh, in Uganda, and um, beginning with us, beginning with me. Right now in Uganda, you know, Joseph explained that in the past it was very hard, even for the clergy, to, to understand the whole concept of the renewal, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in church. But now it is the opposite. And one thing I want to really appreciate is that, um, that the Holy Spirit is, uh, in the first place, I really want to thank so much the, the priests in our country, Uganda. Because the truth is that without a priest, our lives will never be the same. We wouldn't be who we are. And then secondly, you know, the, the studies that they have taken are very helpful to us, the laity. So uh, when the Holy Spirit touches a priest, when they are so much open to the Holy Spirit, it's easier for them to guide us, the laity. It helps that they, they because already they have studied theology and all those things, you know, so they are uh, aware of what is happening. So where the laity will make mistakes here and there, they are there to help us. And at the moment, that I must say, most of the, if not all of our bishops in Uganda uh, are open to the work of the Holy Spirit because it would be a contradiction that they serve the Lord and they subtract the Holy Spirit in their work. So they are actually helping us now to understand more that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are a trinity. And so um, all the, the bishops are open to the work of the Holy Spirit. Like before we came here, maybe Joseph will talk more even on that. It happened uh, in 20s, 17, was it 2017, Joseph? Where usually there is what they call 20, Bishop... 2019. 2019, Bishop's Conference. It's called the SECAM in Uganda, where all the bishops of the, the countries come together. And that time it was in uh, Uganda. And all the 200 bishops came together, and our own bishop invited us to join 
as uh, a couple because they said you have been so much in the, the work of uh, God. Come and hear what happens there, the deliberations that are going to happen so that you will be able, because we were dealing so much on family life, so that you will be able to help us in that area because the domestic church is very important. It plays a, a big role in the church. If you want to have a good bishop, then you should have the, the, the good family. So, so most of the bishops now are very open to the work of the Holy Spirit and they wish all their priests to go through so that they are able to guide us as mm. lay people. Because once they have the Holy Spirit, then they, they can guide. All right, Joseph. So let me uh, kind of switch the question a little bit then. You'd mentioned it, you know, you both were mentioning that early on there was not necessarily, I don't want to say it's acceptance, but it was understanding. So when people don't understand something, they fear it. When they fear it, they challenge it and they say, I, I, I don't like this. You had some challenges early on with the bishops, and at some point you overcame that. Can we talk about the challenges and then how was that overcome? Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, I think there were challenges were in three areas. One was lack of understanding what the Catholic Charismatic Renewal one is, and secondly, the involvement of lay people who have not studied theology in this whole aspect, uh, making the clergy a bit nervous uh, about that. Then the, the, the third aspect was uh, there was a, not a forum for dialogue. It was authority. Uh, it was either you obey or or you uh, or you don't. So you you stop or you don't have prayer groups. We don't want to see you in the church. We, this man stop. We did not have the avenue to discuss and to share our experiences and and mm. and to defend what we believed at the time was very strong. So what did we do to overcome those challenges? One, at first wanted to like any human being, respond with fights and, and arguing and, and beating up a priest if possible who is mm -hmm. against. But we had a very solid leader who said, fire plus fire equals more fire. Fire plus water will be no fire. So let's be water. Let's be proactive. Let's not react. And we took that, uh, um, though it was difficult, we took that position that we are going to love our priests. We're going to pray for them want to respect them even when we don't agree 100% with what they are saying. Uh, obviously, we are not going to stop. We felt like, Peter, how can we stop proclaiming the gospel of the one we have seen, we have touched, we have, he has changed my life, how can we? So, but mm -hmm. we do, did it with prudence. Um, so we, we obeyed, we are not in church. Uh, in the prayer meetings, we prayed at home, but we as prayer group, let me say our prayer group, we would always, all were energetic young people, would go survey when the priest is not there. We go and clean up the whole parish. We slash the whole compound. We split firewood. Uh, and we comes back from safari, finds a very clean parish. Very, we have washed everywhere, the toilets and all that. He says, who did this? Ah, some young people came. We don't know where they came from. And... Our choir was the best also in the parish. We sang with all our hearts, and that drew people. We told people to financially support the parish. 
our small church was the best in the whole parish as far as generosity is concerned. So much so that one time the priest called us and say, I don't like you still. I've not changed my mind, <laughs> but I'm touched by your at attitude and your actions. Uh, therefore, I, I don't know what to do. Okay, continue first while I'm meditating and thinking through this. So that spread all over that we are going to serve the church. We are not leaving the Catholic Church. We are going to remain and renew it from within and, and be a, a positive thing. We also started to raise some money to sponsor some priests to attend some charismatic uh, events. And those who attended would always be touched and enlightened, and when they come back, then we'll discuss. And I just, and, and, and therefore then, under, underneath the prayer groups started to grow. By 1973, we had only four prayer groups in the whole country. But by now, there are 3,000, over 3,000 all over the country. And we have 19 dioceses in Uganda, and all the dioceses have prayer groups, all of them. Now, jumping quickly to what Francesca was saying, um, we've had over the years renewal ministries, again, from here in the United States, Ralph Martin, uh, helping us draw a strategy in order to draw the priests to the renewal and to uh, embrace this by subsidizing programs, first for the seminarians. Every, uh, every year we host close to 150 seminarians in our center for free. They, they, uh, we receive a subsidy from the states, therefore we are able to, to help because it's difficult for them to get money to attend seminars. So they attend these seminars for free. We give them very solid teachings on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Life in the Spirit seminars, they are baptized. These seminarians are now priests, and many of them are open. They have gone through it, and then the priests also, as well we have done it. The most interesting, I want to end with this interesting thing is, in 19, uh, 2019, as Francesca said, our bishop surprised us it, uh, by slotting our name in, into a list where 200 bishops from all over Africa. I think you have uh, in the United States umbrella that unites all the bishops. So in Africa, we have the same. So they were celebrating 50 years of that uh, association in Uganda. So we became part of it. And on one table during lunch, there were many bishops, about 10 of them, uh, except the leader of us. Hey, how are you? Who are you? I said, I'm Joseph. I'm Francesca. We are married. How come you came here? Oh, we are representing marriage and family life. Oh, wonderful. Where do you come from? We come from Emmaus Center, Katikam. Oh, Emmaus Center. Oh, you are the ones who run these programs for priest life in the spirit. Seven. I said, yes, 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 my Lord. I, do you remember I came there when I was a priest many years ago, 2002? Oh, I can't remember. That's a long time, my Lord. <laughs> and said, that program transformed my life. When I went back to the parish, I implemented what I learned and I saw the results. There was change in the parish, and, uh, and large prayer groups started to grow. Because once they saw my involvement, I started to encourage them, uh, which was opposite previously, okay. and, and the prayer groups grew. And then he said, I wish all my priests would have a, a similar experience. And then the other bishop also said, even me, I would love. I also attended. We discovered three bishops had been to our center as priests, mm -hmm. and we, we, we didn't know. And both had identical experiences. They had been touched by the Holy Spirit, and they wished their priests to, 
to, to have the similar ex experience. So Francesca uh, said, huh, Papa, don't you think this is a, the Lord is opening a huge door now. You used to struggle, but now the, when the bishops are the ones requesting, how can we neglect this? So we prayed, Lord, open the door. So we asked the bishops, please, can you, uh, the bishops say that we would like it, but it's hard to get money. So we said, can you bless us? We risked in faith. We knelt down and they blessed us and they prayed. Mm -hmm. And in our hearts, we said, Lord, we are going to fundraise mm -hmm. on behalf of these bishops. We are uh, with their blessing. And that's how we, the Lord again led us to, to ask for support from the U.S., from the renewal ministry, that bishops would like their priests to do this and receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you be kind to help us in, a, in any small way that you come? Mm -hmm. And they responded. So for the, uh, and, and this bishop say camp with 50, all the Paris priests, and they did that, and they were touched. He said, ah, we'd like to have this for everyone. So as I speak now, we have had three different uh, retreats, Life in the Spirit Seminars for that particular diocese, and 150 of his priests have done. Uh, they are left with 150. He wa we said maybe if God, if finances are available, we'll finish in the next two or three years. Then other bishops, then he rang other bishops sharing the experience. Then the bishops rang us, what about me? We also want what you did for this diocese. <laughs> Say, no problem. And uh, out of 19 dioceses, we have received official invitation from 16 dioceses to run life in the spirit seminars for all the priests in those dioceses. Okay, uh, finances are always limiting, but we say, wow. And the results have been outstanding. Yes. They have been um, uh, f from diocese to diocese, and I think Alicia has listened to yes. one bishop or two. <laughs> 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 who have shared experiences yes. mm. and their wish to have the whole diocese on fire, the whole diocese be mm. baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's a momentous task. So that's what the Lord is doing and that's why I purposely yeah. prayed blessings for this nation. Mm. This nation has been a blessing. And not only that, I, I end with this, um, other bishops from other countries have now invited us to do the same. Yeah. We have already gone to Zimbabwe. Mm. The bishop invited us to his diocese to do the same for his uh, his priests. Uh, we've been to Zambia. And as I was coming to the U.S., a bishop was sending an email that I would like the same for South Africa, bishop of South Africa. We've had that priest come from South Sudan, from Kenya, and from Tanzania to our mm -hmm. center to join other priests to do this. Mm -hmm. So, and the bishops themselves got through it. So once you have the bishops on your side, and the sky is the limit. So I, we really want to give thanks to God and to praise the Holy Spirit for the wonderful job mm -hmm. of transformation that's happening in Uganda. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, Joseph and Francesca, you are heralds of really a testimony and a witness to the work of the Holy Spirit that is so extraordinary, so mm -hmm. glorious. And just to see your own hearts, your own zeal, your own testimony of being moved to this place of mm -hmm. living life in the Spirit so freely, so fully that the fruits are, are part of that initial witness and then the fruits now touching the church, not only in Uganda, but all over Africa. And mm -hmm. now here in the U.S., um, what a great gift for us to be able to be with you today. We're humbled to know you. We're humbled to serve the Lord with you. And 
and really to um, to hear the fulfillment of that vision that the Lord is bringing baptism in the Holy Spirit to the whole church through the work of your hands. So what what an awesome gift. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you again for joining us. And again, you've come a long way. So <laughs> we appreciate the fact that you took your time, you know, to come here and, and spend it with us. And I think um, two takeaways. One is people that are that are watching is you can make a difference. The yes. idea that one yes. person can't make a difference, you can make a difference. And I think for, for clergy that are listening, this is not some new theology. This is merely accepting what was already there and adding true depth to all parishioners. I, yes. I, I loved yes. what you said, but you know, it's like there's this assumption well, that the priest has studied the theology. Only he can get this. No, no. Every, everybody can get this. That's when the apostles went out. The people that they were bringing into the church were the laity, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out, and they just kept adding numbers, and people went out, and you had this movement. And so this is not something to be afraid of. It's something to be welcomed Correct. because it's, it's already established that this was the norm mm -hmm. thousands of years ago. It has simply been forgotten, and now it is rediscovered. Now, some people knew it. And we might call them, you know, these, do I don't want to say doctors of the church, but these, um, you know, these kind of anomalous people that somehow had healing powers back, mm -hmm. you know, 500 years ago. And that was like, that was a special thing. It was like, well, actually, it could have been the norm, but no one understood that. It was that, that whole concept was forgotten. Because again, when you read the early church, go to the, 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 the New Testament, it's yes. filled with these stories. Yes. And then you read the church fathers. They talk about this Correct. being the norm. For hundreds of years, this was normal. Correct. And then what happened? What changed that this got buried? But again, I want to thank you very much because we are out of time. But we do want to spend just a few moments because we don't want to forget the nine-year novena coming up. So please. Yeah, so we are launching a nine-year novena. We mentioned it very briefly in the beginning and it's, it is an invitation for every single one of us who have been touched by the Holy Spirit, who have received the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit, to share it. And to share it in a way that's in this posture of prayer. So nine-year novena sounds pretty expansive. It is nine years of praying, three years for a new and ongoing Pentecost in the renewal so in those who have already received we want a renewal of of an outpouring of the holy spirit we want to we want to receive that in a way that is this posture of surrender this posture of openness and and not only to pray for with and for all of the parts and the realities of the catholic charismatic renewal but also to pray for all those who ever received even if they didn't understand the grace that they received mm -hmm. that there is a new fire stirred up within us and then the next three years, praying with and for every part of the church, that there is a new and ongoing Pentecost set ablaze in the church, and then seeing the final three years leading up to that 2000th anniversary of Pentecost, a prayer with and for different parts of the world, praying for this extraordinary grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit to be made manifest in the world. So. All of that to say, there, there are ways to get involved with a nine-year novena. It's very simple in that you can pray daily entering into the prayer of the novena, but there are many ways to take action, to take hold of this grace. So we want to invite you into that. And in closing, we wanted to ask you, Francesca, if you would pray for this grace and really for the launch of this nine-year novena, just that there is... 
there's a grace of the Holy Spirit in, even in this time of preparation to launch. Okay, let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God, we want to thank you for this time. We want to mm. thank you for this day. Mm. We want to thank you for a gift of one another. Mm. We thank you for this time that you have given to us to share with our brothers and sisters outside there. We want to bring the whole thing, this mm. work of the Holy Spirit into your hands. That as we launch this nine-year novena, that we want to pray that your graces will be there. Mm. That you will raise men and women after your own heart. Mm. That as we launch in this new evangelization, that your spirit will fill your people. That you will bring us back to yourself. That you will draw everybody back to yourself, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. We want to thank you for the, what you are doing already all over the world, in mm. different countries, in different continents, that, Lord, your spirit is at work. Mm. For we believe that, as the scripture says, that Jesus said, my Father, I pray that they will be one. That is our prayer that, Lord, you will bring us back to yourself mm. bless us and bless this studio bless all those who are listening that your spirit will reach out to your people that your spirit will be at work in every aspect of the preparation mm. that your provision will be there as they will take step by step that your spirit will prepare a way mm. for them we pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And again, Francesca, thank you very much. A lovely prayer. Joseph, thank you again for being here. And uh, folks that are listening, please go out and check out the website, PentecostTodayUSA.org. All of the information for the, uh, for the nine-year novena is out there. Other information is out there. It's just a great place to start. We appreciate you listening, and again, thank you, and we'll see you the next time. Mm -hmm.